0: 1 Peter chapter 3, 8 through 15. How about that? 1 Peter chapter 3, 8 through 15. Finally, be ye of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. But contrawise blessings, knowing that you are there unto call, that you should inherit a blessing Mm -hmm. for he that will love life and see good things, good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no gal. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But and if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you for a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. How about that? Having a uh, sanctified heart. A heart that is focused on God, a heart that loves the Lord, a heart that knows God is watching us, knows God is by our side. Precious Lord, give us that kind of heart. Sanctify our hearts, our minds, our thoughts. Father God, that we would live lives that give you glory and honor and all that we eat, drink or do. Father, thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Sanctified heart. But now, how about that? Look at, you know, and, and when I woke up this morning, I had it all together. I had it all together. Amen. And then God started pouring in and pouring in. Now I'm, I'm up at 530. I'm up at 530. And I'm like, okay, let me, let me put the finishing little touches on it. And I start going backwards like we do on Wednesday nights. And I looked at verse, I looked at verse number eight again. It says, finally. Be ye all of one mind. How about that? What's he talking about? I'm gonna just piece by piece and go verse by verse through. Be all of one mind. You know what? That one, that one mind is, is, is a sanctified mind, but it's that one mind that understands that Jesus Christ died for our sins and rose from the grave. That one mind is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everybody here One Mind? How about that? One Mind at church. That's a good thing. Amen. That's a good thing. All on one accord. Having compassion. Now, this is what I mean when I, when I go back through, this, through the verses just to make sure I got everything God wants me to say. I didn't pick this up. Having compassion. Think about that. Having compassion means you gotta have it. Think about when we leave our house. When we leave our house, there are certain things that we've we got to have on us. Okay? First of all, you want to have your keys, right, Blanche? Okay, so you want to have your keys. You got your keys. You got your phone. Michaela ain't leaving the house without her phone. So we got our phone now. We got our phone. Amen. All right? We got our weapon of choice. Amen? Amen. Now, now look what he says. Do you have compassion? Have you put that? Is that on your list? Let me make sure I got my compassion on me because I don't care. I don't care where you go. You're going to run into somebody that needs some compassion. Amen. Let me tell you how you know you don't have it on you. You leave the house. you run running late. You don't got your compassion. And you get behind some senior citizen on her way to Rite Aid, going twenty-five miles an hour. You find out real quick you don't have your compassion. And then you mean blowing your horn and you ride by him. You look at him like you should ought to be driving. Been there, done it, right? Having compassion. Okay, think about it. Here's what Paul says in Colossians 3.12. Kind of goes together with with, 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 what Columbus just said, because you don't want to leave the house without your whole armor of God on. You you always got that on. As a Christian, we always got that on because nowhere in that text does it ever say take it off. He said, put on the whole armor of God, and it never says take it off. So once you put it on, it's on. That breastplate is on. Okay? That, That helmet is on. Those shoes are on. That shield you got, that sword of right, you, got all, you always got that as Christians. You better have that on you. You know, you even going outside. But underneath that, underneath that, Paul says in Colossians 3.12, he said, Put on therefore as the elect of God, as God's people, holy and beloved, he says, the bowels of mercy. How about that? Anybody got the bowels of mercy? Have you put on the bowels of mercy? That, that means you're a merciful person. That mean, when you see somebody who is in need of mercy, you got you got it. How about that, then we live in a world now where folks need mercy. There's folks that you know. There's folks that need a hug. Some people, you know, some as I, as I walk around the nursing homes and on my job, I just walk through the hallways, see people in wheelchairs. You know, you know something. Just putting your hand on their shoulder and saying, how are you doing today? You know, there's folks that haven't been touched uh-huh. in years. We take so much for granted. Amen. We take so much for granted. Paul, Paul said, put on the vows of mercy and kindness. In humbleness of mind, and meekness, and long suffering—or that word means patience—but you know, I come to another idea of what that word long suffering means: understanding what somebody else may be going through, right. understanding where somebody else may be, because we don't know. We talk about all these people we talk to about today. You—you so you may not know somebody may have just lost their daughter. We may—we may cuss that lady out going twenty-five miles an hour, but you don't. She may be going. To the funeral home to see her loved one that they just said, you can come see her now. We don't know. We don't know. But as men and women of God, the word of God, this is, again, we talk about the the commands of God. Do you you guys see the commands? That's a command. That's not a suggestion. God is not suggesting that we put on the vows of mercy and be kind and humble of mind and meek and long. Yes, that's a command. We talk about it in Sunday school. That's all we are, servants of God. Servants don't ask questions. Slaves don't ask questions, okay? That's verse 8. Verse 9. I'm going to get to verse 15. I might not. This one was so fascinating to me. Verse number 9 of of, of 1 Peter 3, 9. Watch what it says is working up to this hope he's working up to this but he's saying before you can before you can before you can tell somebody about the hope that's in you you better make sure you got yourself right with God not rendering evil for evil think about that not rendering evil for evil you ever have something evil happen to you you ever come back with evil Did it solve anything? Did it make anything better? Did it make anything better when somebody came at you with evil and you came back at them with evil? Did it make the situation better? No, it didn't. It made it worse. It made it worse. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. How about that? What comes to mind when I say that word railing? A lot of things ought to come to mind. It ought to come to mind because because we, we, God is, is trying to teach us a lesson on, on how as believers as people of God now now sinners don't know this now if you want to live like a sinner you're going to live you're gonna render evil for evil if somebody reli at you you're gonna rail at them if somebody flip you the bird you're gonna flip them to bird okay that's how it goes that's what we've been called out of right Columbus I said that's the darkness that God called us out of when we, we him hey, listen okay? I wasn't always saved. Amen. I used to tell the inmates when I worked at the prison, "Boy, well, you know, you got me in a good time." <laughs> so I wasn't always two forty and saved. I was two forty and unsaved. Amen. <laughs> Not rendering evil for evil or rallying for rallying. Look at this. That word rallying. Here's, here's, here's what comes to my mind. Remember Jesus was on the cross. Oh, y'all remember He was on the cross. What was He doing? railing at him. You know what they were doing? Cussing at him. Calling him out his name. You saved others, save yourself. I don't know if they would said it like that. The Bible, the Bible is PG. But I can imagine what they were saying about Jesus while he was on the cross. Because the Bible said they cursed him. And they spit on him and they slapped him. Usually when you, you ain't talking to somebody nice when you're spitting in their face and slapping on them. Okay, What did Jesus say? Let me give you a verse. In Matthew, in Mark, in Mark 15, 29 said and they passed by and railed on him. You ever had anybody rail on you? You ever had anybody rail on you? Just 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 criticize you and condemn you and always complaining about you and just say crazy stuff about you. Some may be true. And they passed by and railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Oh, Thou that destroys the temple, build it up in three days. You know what they were saying? They was mocking him, cause he said, you know, he said, you take destroy this body, I'll, I'm gonna I'm come back, I'm gonna raz- raise it from the grave in three days, and they was mocking him. Hmm. Look at twenty-three and thirty-nine. A Luke, you don't have to, but I'm gonna read it. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged with him, railed on him, saying, "If thou be the Christ, save thyself." You know how Jesus responded to him? It's, it's a lesson for us. Here's how Jesus responded to his rallies. If you was, if you were sitting here today and saying, I don't know how should I respond? And I know we getting better. We all getting better. We all ain't there yet, but we all getting better. Okay. Here's what Jesus said. And, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them. How about that? How about that? Can you can you are you strong enough to forgive a railer? Are you strong enough to give a brother some, 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 some love? You don't know what they're going through neither. Yeah, the guy at Walmart. The Walmart shooter. The Walmart shooter a couple couple days ago. Was that a couple days ago, about a week ago? The Walmart shooter. Okay? You, you, know, you know he had a manifesto. They found a letter he had written on his phone. You know, you know why he did all that? Cause they were railing on him. They everybody well he was crazy. He was he was weird. He was crazy. Okay, and he was taking notes. He was taking notes. You know what I say? Where was the Christian? You know Walmart. You know Walmart full of Christians. Okay. You know folks running around Walmart all the time. How you doing? Too blessed to be stressed. Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. Where was they at? Uh, where, where was they at? Where was the blessed and highly favored folks? Because somebody could have gotten in this man's way. Somebody could have said, hey, bro. Let me talk to you. Show him some love. Maybe he needed a hug. Maybe he needed a handshake. Maybe, maybe he was sitting at the, sitting at the break area. Somebody come over and just talk to him about the Lord. How about that? Where was, where was the highly favored folks? Where was the tongue-speaking fire baptized Pentecostal folks? Where was the Cogent folks? Where was the Calvinist folks? Where was the Baptist folks? Where was the Catholic folks? Where was the Latter-day Saints? Where was the Nation of Islam folks? Nobody got this man's way. I'm not saying he could've it he could've stopped anything, but where are the safe folks? When last time somebody walked up to you and didn't know you were saved and said, hey, look, I want to talk to you about the Jesus Christ, him crucified. When, when last time that ever happened? Has that happened to anybody in the last couple of years? Somebody walked up to you and they said, hey, look, I'm going to talk to you about Jesus. Know why? Yeah. Instead of watching Jesus on the cross. Saying, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." No, we, no, we watch Unforgiven. How about that? Anybody seen that? Mm-hmm. Unforgiven. Go ahead, make my day. Know what else they like? No one else. I, I, just, I, I, haven't seen all these movies, but I just looked and see what are some of the most uh, revenge movies. This what I looked up: twenty-five top revenge movies. That was on. That was on the list. Know what's on the list? Y'all's boy. Everybody loved Denzel. The Equalizer, yeah. You know, you watching the Equalizer and you reading your Bible. <laughs> That's a mean combination, ain't it? Yeah, I'm watching the Equalizer and I'm reading Psalms one. Amen. See, we, we, it's a lot of revenge out there. There's some folks. Is there anybody in here or be listening to me that you got some folks that they haven't forgiven? Think about that. Think about how many people was absent from Thanksgiving Day dinner with families because they mad at each other. Probably millions. Probably millions. My mother, my mother, she 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 had a she had a she had a, she had a law. I don't care how you felt. You was sitting want me there. My father, who who she divorced, who 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 was who was who was abusive. And she were remarried. He had to come. That's deep, ain't it? My father sitting there at my mother's Thanksgiving Day dinner. I don't know if I could have done it. Amen. Right. No, I ain't. I ain't going there. You understand what I'm saying? that's why I read that verse today that's why I read that text that that, scripture reading about the man who God forgave him of everything and then he had a servant and he didn't he wouldn't forgive him or nothing and what did God say? let me tell you all something we can sit here and point out a whole lot of reasons why folks ain't going to heaven but here's why here's the number one reason why folks won't go to heaven you know y'all can sit here and talk about sin all you want but if you die with unforgiveness in your heart you ain't going to heaven That ought to make us text somebody this afternoon, okay? I, I remember Dickie Nelson would always come up here and say the same thing. He would say, "Listen, if I if I had a problem with somebody, God forgive me." One of the first things I talk to when I'm talking to somebody that's dying, do you are you all right with everybody? You can talk about heaven all you want, but if you got an unforgiving heart, I don't ask no other question. I don't ask no other question. Listen. You all right with everybody Is there somebody on your list you need to forgive? Yeah, my daughters. I need to forgive my daughters. And the daughters, sometimes the daughters won't even come. Because he's been such a horrible father. The daughters won't even come. Is that good for the daughters? See what I'm saying? So likewise shall my heavenly father do also to you, if you from your hearts forgive not Everyone, his brother, his trespasses. That's the Bible. Somebody asked. I think Sylvia asked me. You yeah, know, a lot of scriptures, a lot of scripture. I have to do a lot of scripture because I don't want y'all to think. I'm, I don't want y'all to ever think that I'm thinking, making this stuff up myself. Because my words can't save you. My words cannot help Amen. you. Amen. My words cannot help you. Amen. So I constantly quote the scriptures because that's the truth. There's truth. So you say the truth and nothing. But the truth, okay. Here's a proverb that I just stuck in here. I want to read it to you. It says in, in Proverbs ten seven it says, "The memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot." That's in the Bible. Like, what kind of? Where would that come from? It comes from. Verse 10 of 1 Peter. I'm going to walk through these verses. He says this. Watch this. For he that love life. I love life. Everybody here love life. He that love life and see good days. Watch this. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no God. What are you talking about, Peter? I love life. Do you know you can say something to somebody? They might even they might it might not have bothered them at all. But it can hang you'll be bothered for weeks because you said something to them. You know, and it's, it's, I know I'm not by myself. Amen. You say something to somebody, you know, and then you be like, I shouldn't have said that. Amen. They might not even heard it, but you said it and 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 and, and it's bothering you. It's bothering you. And you know what? That's a good thing it's bothering you because you know what? know what that says that it's bothering you that you said that? That you have a God consciousness. That, that the spirit of God is, is alive and well in you and it's reminding you Amen. of some of the things you say. Okay? For he that love life, 1 Peter 3.10, and see good things let him refrain his tongue from evil. How about that? And, and y'all, y'all know what James said about the tongue. It's a bad boy. That tongue a bad boy, ain't it? Oh, man. Okay. Okay. I'm going to keep going. Verse 11. What a great verse. I'm getting to verse 4. I think I'm getting to verse 15. Watch this. 1 Peter three eleven. Let him eschew evil. See, all these commands. All these commands. Four, four commands in this little verse. And, and for people who just visited us today, we we on a series. We're teaching all the 1,050 commands in the Bible. Here's four of them right here in this verse. Do you see them? Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. How about that? Four commands. That's suggestions. The man of God, the woman of God, we ought to eschew evil. That word eschew means we ought to flee from it. We don't want to have nothing to do with it. Remember Job. See, see, see. Job didn't, Job didn't even live in the days that, that, we, that we got spandex, okay? We got spandex. Job didn't have to deal with spandex, okay? He didn't have to deal with a phone and he didn't have to deal with, with Cinemax and HBO and Hulu and all that, Netflix. Job didn't have to do none of that. But here's what he said in Job 31.1. Watch what he said. He says, I made a compass Covenant, a contract, a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a maid? How about that? How about that? How about that? Job was a man of God. Job was a man of God. Let him eschew evil. Keep evil. Keep it to Keep the evil away from you, as best you can. You might get stuck in a plan or a job or a classroom or something. You're around evil folks, but to the, to your own part, keep it away from you. Evil folks. You know there's some evil folks in this world? That'll bring that drama into your world. What they say? Misery love, what? Y'all know this, y'all know this stuff. Misery love country. Misery love company. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him, here we go, seek peace. Seek peace. Well, Paul writes to the to the to the to the Romans he know he knows how hard it is to seek peace. You can't have peace with everybody. You can't have peace with everybody. Them folks you can't you know you can't have peace with just just avoid them. Just stay away from them. Okay? But Paul says, "If it be possible, if it be possible, okay? As much as lieth in you, live peacefully with all men." How about that? To me to me that's a That's a wonderful verse. Look what Isaiah says. Isaiah, the great prophet Isaiah says this in Isaiah one. He says this verse 16. He says this about eschewing evil and doing good and letting him seek peace. He says this. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doing from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Stop doing evil. Learn to do well. This is the verse. This is the verse. I'm not just talking. Sound like I am, don't it? Learn to do well. That's scripture. You, you ain't, you were not born doing well. You got to learn to do well. What do you do with our kids? We try to teach our kids to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead with the widow. Then he says this. Come now. And let us reason together, say to the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow, though they be red like crimson, they shall be as whoa. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Keep going. I got y'all's attention. Amen. Amen. Well, verse 12. Verse by verse, precept upon precept, line by line, verse by verse, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. How about that? Do you know that God is watching over us? Some people say, well, you know, we got a I got a guardian angel. I don't I don't refute that. I've been in some situations. And if it wasn't God had to be his angel. Okay. I'm not gonna sit there and people say, "Well, I know I got a guardian angel." Now, now we can get up, we can get all blurred up because we think about we thinking about uh, touched by the angel and all that, and angels and all. No, no, no. I'm talking about God watching over me, okay? God watching over me and my family and my loved ones. I I, I appreciate that, okay? he says, "For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, over the righteous, and over the, everything the righteous love." So when so when so when Jake is living a righteous life and he and he has a reason to because of the Bible the word said the, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous well Jake can't always be with his family but he can always be righteous okay Amen. and he can always be righteous meaning if I'm righteous based on the Scripture if I'm living right if I'm doing the right thing not that I'm sinless and not sinning but even if I sin and I ask God to forgive me that puts me back in a righteous state and I can expect God to watch over me the word of God says the the husband is blessed by the sanctified wife and the wife is blessed by the sanctified husband and the children are blessed that's a good thing for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers how about that that's a beautiful thing to know that God can hear my prayers if I'm praying right now for my brother-in-law who's in the hospital God touches body most of all touches mind and his heart that what he would do what the doctors asked him to do see See, sometimes we just want God to heal them. No, God give them strength to do what God, what he has to do. Amen. Amen. Okay. It ain't easy. He said, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Well, if you ever had a reason why to stop doing evil, you maybe you want to look at this verse because when you were in an evil state, God's face is against you. I don't want God's face against me. Amen. Okay. I don't want God's face against me. I'm on the road too much. I'm, I'm doing a lot of things. I need God's face looking at me. Mm-hmm. Remember the blind man? The blind man. Jesus healed the blind man in John 9. Jesus healed the blind man. And then here come these fake Pharisees. And they like, who healed you? You know, we know, we know that he's a sinner. They, I mean, they, the guy was blind, and he now was seeing. Instead of them saying, "Man, that's a very marvelous thing! Your eyes is open. You can see now." Now they condemned them. And you know what he said? He said something. no, no. no. he wasn't no scholar. He wasn't no biblical whiz kid. Okay, so I don't want y'all to think, well, You know, Pastor, I didn't go to, I didn't go to cemetery. I didn't go to cemetery and nothing like you did. I can't. I can't, There's no way I can go out and do. You know, you can do, you can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens you. Okay? So the blind man, he, he, he didn't, he didn't have He was blind from birth. It's hard, to, it's hard to study when you're blind. It's hard to read a book when you're blind. Here's what he says Now we know that God hears not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and do his will, him he hears. How's your worship? How's your worship? How's your worship? You know, ask God that all the time. I was saying that this morning. You know, we didn't the church and got lazy. We, you know, we didn't got lazy. <sighs> you know, honestly, if people would be honest, most people don't go to church because they're lazy. <laughs> they say, I don't like the preacher. No, no, no. It it, listen, that's an easy target. You know, I, I don't like a preacher. I don't like a singing. Church too cold. Church too hot. No. You lazy. Okay. You got a lazy spirit. That's why. I just, tell people, just be honest with me. Why don't you go to church? I live too far. Okay. Let me tell you something. Let me get this verse. This is, this is a great verse. This is, this, is one of, this is one of the great verses in the Bible. It's moving up my list. You know, I got my top 25 verses. This one is moving up the charts. Remember the guy used to do the rock and roll review back in the day. He do the rock and roll. Then number one on the charts. Number one on the charts. has been John 316 for a long time for me. But this one's moving up the charts. Let's look at Columbus. He's ready for it, too. God bless you, brother. Matthew 11 and 12. Matthew 11 and 12. What a what a verse. What a verse. I was explaining this verse to somebody online. We was had a little Bible study online, and they was like, Oh, you don't mean you don't mean real violence. Yeah, I do mean real violence. Watch what the verse says. It says, From the days of John the Baptist unto now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violence take it by force. How about that? Let me tell you something. You're not gonna be half-heartedly stepping into God's glory. OK, you're not going to be a lazy, well, you know, I, I, I ain't been to church in five years and died. And when you could have been going to church, now, if you ain't been to church in five years and you've been in a, in, a, in a wheelchair or you've been paralyzed from the waist down or you suffering dementia. God knows he sort all that out. But if you able bodied. Car running good. And you at home on Sundays, mulching and golfing and fishing. And and, and, and listen, let me tell you something. (laughs) Okay? Listen, we got a whole lot of folks in the church. Not this church. A whole lot of folks in the church, in the pews. Okay? They want to get a bare minimum. They want to get a bare minimum to a God who gave everything. That's deep, ain't it? And you know you're you're you ever you ever you ever you know you know I'll I be i be out there delivering pizzas because I'm gonna be twisting y'all y'all so I'll be delivering pizzas so on the app so I, you know they don't they don't leave no tip so I could give it to them. I was like I said here the app you didn't leave a tip. I said, here the app. You to leave a tip. You, it's asking you if you want to leave a tip. Then it got 15%, 18 and twenty percent or cash. I say, what you want to do? Most of them look at it. most of them. Most of them, you know, what the most of them give the bare minimum. Okay. And I, you know, and I spiritualize everything. You know, I spiritualize pizza delivery. I see God in everything, and I say that's how Christians is. They want the best pizza. They want it to get to their house fast. They want the pepperonis to still be soft. They want when, they, when I open that thing up, they want steam to come out of it. But when I say, you didn't leave a tip. <laughs> and it's like, oh. I'm not, hey, listen, I, I'm not, y'all know I'm not a money bags preacher. But I'm saying, we cannot expect the best from God while giving him The bare minimum. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, help us. The kingdom of God is taken by force. You're going to have to fight your way in. You ain't, listen, what's our verse? If the righteous scarcely be saved, what hope do the unbeliever have? I mean, if we're going to take everything I got, and, 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 and I work hard at preaching, I work hard at teaching, I work hard at being a good husband and a father and an uncle and a cousin, whatever I have to do, I really, I'm just, I got that kind of personality. Now, I ain't working to get into heaven, but I'm working because of what God has done. Amen. Okay? Man. Man, Paul said, I what? fought a good fight. Mm-hmm. Paul said, I fought a good fight. That's my, that's my hero. Mm-hmm. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. And keeping your faith ain't easy in a world where everybody tried to take it. Every, you know what? Everybody wants your faith. And we'll give it up. You know, I, I did a survey when I was working at the prison. And, and they said, well, you know, you, you got a list of things that you have to give up. Okay. And, and, and they didn't know they didn't know I was a preacher man of God type dude in the class. And they said, well, you know what? You, they, every every time you got to take something away. They had your wife, your children, your, your possessions and, you know, all your money, your bank account, banking over here, family over here. And then they had your things of God. So take one away. So it got it got down well the first thing you want to get rid of is your house your cars all that stuff then then it come down to the spiritual things okay oh, so you got your faith over here your family over here you got your mother father okay well you scratch them off mother and father they scratched them off they going they're gonna die off anyway so now you're down now you down to your kids now you're down to your kids now you're down to I'm down to a and Karina. because I you know wife and your husband scratch scratched Cindy off she made it to the third round I'm getting in trouble. Amen. Cindy heard, I think she heard the story before. So now I'm down to Karina and Amaya in my faith. Oh, the class is going crazy now because like, oh you 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 hold on to your faith, ain't you? I said, sure is. Next to go, Karina. <laughs> now it's down to Amaya in my faith. I love you, girl. But you got to go. You got to go. Because the word say without faith I ain't getting into heaven. <laughs> oh You all right, Glench? That's a true story. The days have been changed to protect the innocent, so <laughs> But, but, but let me give you another verse on, on that press thing. Cause it, this is what hit me. This is what I mean. You know, when you study and study and study, stuff be coming at you. Look at verse 16, Luke 16, 16. Here, here's, here's that, that verse being, being cross-referenced. It says, in and it says, the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. See, 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 the law and the prophets were unto John. John was the forerunner of Jesus. When Jesus came, he, he he fulfilled the law. Okay? So now, since Jesus came, now we under grace. We under grace. And since that time the kingdom of God is preached. Okay? How are we saved? For by grace are you saved through faith. Faith in who? Jesus Christ okay so until that time the kingdom of God is preached so you don't get on me I'm going to preach the kingdom of God I'm going to preach this bible I ain't got a whole lot else to do I like to tell a story once in a while but the gospel has to be preached and watch this and every man this is John Luke 16 16 and every man presseth into it into the kingdom you're going to press your way into the kingdom some of y'all think y'all just going to walk in there like hello you remember me? I did wonderful things. You know, I did wonderful things. What did God say to them folks? Never knew you. Never knew you. Never knew you. Let's, let's keep going. I, I, you know, I got a whole lot. I could talk about Blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus pressed his way in. I remember Blind Bartimaeus. He was on the side of the road. He seen Jesus coming and he ain't, he ain't let his foot off the gas. He did not let his foot off the gas. Same with the woman, the Samaritan woman. See, see, Jesus was like, listen, listen, you get the dogs whatever you want to give them. Just give me the crumbs. I'm going to get in, and I want my baby healed. All right. Two more verses. I'm almost home. Y'all still with me? All right. All right. But, verse 14, 1 Peter three fourteen. But, and if you suffer, listen, guaranteed. You live like that. You live like those first eight verses I just went through. If you live like that, you will suffer. Okay? How do I know? The Bible says, all who desire to live godly in Christ shall suffer. That's it. So verse 14, Peter said, but if you suffer... For righteousness' sake. Uh, You know what? Is there any other reason to suffer? I want to suffer for doing right. I want to suffer for loving too much. I want to suffer for being too nice and being too kind and being too compassionate and showing too much grace and mercy. You'll suffer doing that. You'll suffer doing that. Because some folks will question that. Why are you acting so nice? He got a motive. He must be up to something. That's how folks is. Okay? Listen. But if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are you. How about that? Think about that. Happy are you. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. That's, that's what Paul Peter said. Listen, he was talking to people who were suffering. Okay, He's giving a pep talk to people who were suffering. He said, listen, be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. That's a beautiful thing. You know why? Because nothing shall separate us from the love of God. The worst thing that can happen is we go to heaven. Amen. That's pretty good odds, ain't it? Uh-huh. I, I like them odds. Look at Jeremiah. Look at Jeremiah. Here's a man who, who preached all his life, and he, and he had not one church member. See, I'm sitting up here with a few. <laughs> he had nobody. Nobody joined Jeremiah's church, and he preached all his life. And you know what He said, Jeremiah 1.8 he says this: "Be not afraid of their faces," because he was preaching. He was preaching to these folks. He said, "For I am with thee to deliver thee," say the Lord. How about that? He was with Jeremiah all his life. Some people say, "Well, you know, you ain't your church ain't flowing. You ain't you ain't got a band. You ain't got no musicians. You ain't got you ain't got a Bentley." God is with me. My car started this morning. It didn't start out. I jumped in that truck. Here we go. Verse fifteen. I made it. I made it. I made it. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. How about that? Sanctify God in your hearts. What's that mean? So you know that's how I was. I would ask, Pastor, what does it mean? Sanctify God in your heart. What's it mean to sanctify something? To saturate God in your heart. Treat Him as God. Trust Him as God. Let Him protect you. Let Him guide you. Let Him teach you. Learn from Him. Want to glorify Him in all that you do. That's how we sanctify God in our hearts. And then when you speak, what's the word of God saying? Out of the out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when, when you talk to a person whose heart is sanctified in the things of God, when the, when that person opens their mouth, hear what you're going to hear. I will speak Thy testimonies before kings and will not be ashamed. That's that's David. With a sanctified heart. David, 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 God said, David was a man after his own heart. So when David, when David was repentant and turned from all his wickedness, he God sanctified him. He had a sanctified heart. And David said, I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. How about that? Hmm. Then it goes on to say, and be ready. That's another command and be ready. What always to give an answer to every man that asks you for a reason of the hope that is in you. How about that? Always be ready, you know, to give an answer and the answer. The answer can't be, well, you need to talk to my pastor. No, you ought to have an answer. You ought to have an answer for the hope that's in you. Why aren't you worrying about dying? Why aren't you worried about getting sick? Why aren't you worried about this? And why aren't you? Because that's, that's the question you're going to get from the world. they have seen you going through all this. they have seen how you, how you stand up and, and overcome obstacles and how you deal with tragedies and how you deal with the ups and downs of life. You ought to have an answer. You know what? That answer is easy. Okay? I love the Lord and he saved me. And he delivered me from all my wickedness. And, and, and I'm going to trust and obey. How about that? You know, we can, we can just sing a song to him. What's that song called? Trust and obey? It's the only way. How about that? How about his amazing grace? How about you just, how about, one of the things I, I, always, I always learn to sing, amazing grace. How about that? Why do you trust in God? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound, who saved the wretch like me. I was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. That's a good answer, ain't it? I was a hot mess. And God saved me. And delivered me. And is continually strengthening me. Here's Paul. Here's Paul. When they asked Paul about the the hope that was in him. I love Paul. Paul says this in Romans 16. you Y'all know these verses. They in in y'all storehouse. They'll come out. Sometimes we got to get in a situation to get them out. Maybe we not talk to enough people. Maybe we not talk to enough people. One of the things I like about the jobs I do, I get to run into a lot of lost people. Get to share the gospel with a whole lot of folks that would never hear it. Okay? How about that? They might end up calling that Marco's Baptist Pizza Shop. <laughs> <laughs> Paul said this. Romans 1.16, Paul says this: For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Yeah, amen. Why, Paul? For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone that believes. How about that? For everyone that believes. Don't let these folks tell you that you know only a certain people get saved. The Bible was written. Jesus died for everyone that believes. Now the issue is, what's it mean to believe? To trust. To make a commitment. You ask somebody, how do you you believe all that stuff? I don't know how I believe all this stuff. I just believe God has given me the faith to believe, and I'm going to hold on to it. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose from the grave. Listen, it's pretty simple. People say, well, what's what's the gospel? Jesus died for your sins and rose from the grave. That's it. The whole nutshell. One more verse. No. I'm going to let y'all go. The rest of this, we're going to have on Bible study on Wednesday night. I'm not wasting this. I got seven pages left. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get them on Wednesday, and I just thank God for you patience. I like screaming and hollering and telling stories and everything, but God has been good to us. God has been good to us, even in even in the difficult times, and we've all had difficult times. Okay, who who in here? Who in here hasn't buried a loved one? Nobody can raise their hand. Nobody here can raise their hand and say, I haven't buried a loved one. We've buried a loved one in, in, the, in, the, in the in the in the in one psalm just pours out. Say, weeping may endure one For a night. But joy cometh in the morning, and our joy has returned. And then the next tragedy comes, the next adversity comes, we're gonna weep for a while. But because God is a good God, He's not gonna let us mourn. He's not gonna let us mourn ourselves into a, to death. God is good. He's been good to us. Precious Lord, thank you for being good to us. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for the church where you shed your blood for, that the word of God could be preached. Thank you for the people of God, Father God. Strengthen us. Give us peace in our hearts. And let us always have an answer for the hope that is in us. Father, thank you for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen.